0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Cancel for Maintenance podcast. If this is your first time joining us, we are a show that takes a behind-the-scenes look into the gritty, non-glamorous life of aircraft maintenance. We share some laughs, impart some wisdom, all in hopes of giving you that split-seconds relief in your day that can hopefully prevent a mishap. I am your co-host, Six. I'm MBP. And our third host, Shoreline, is curling in the background, silently listening to our audio, making sure our faces stay fit for radio. So we love getting some feedback from our listeners and everyone who follows us in our social media outlets and such. We put out a bunch of questions and the responses have been pretty amazing. Been pretty amazing. So thank you all, everybody who shared your answers with us, whether they be anonymous or, or had some specifics to it. For today, it's going to be a, a bonus, air quotes, bonus episode of sorts where we ask the audience we read off some of the responses and we give some of our two cents about it. So uh, first question we ask the audience, uh, what was or what are your top five tools that you must have in your tool bag slash toolbox? Uh, I'm going to read off some of the common ones and then I'll tail off with the less than common ones. So uh, for common ones, uh, pen, <laughs> uh, a mirror, a multi-tool, a flashlight, and a set of screwdrivers. You know, I didn't expect the pen. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I didn't expect the pen.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, and it made me think about everything that I heard when I first became a maintainer, and that was all good mechanics have a pen and pencil on them. Yes. Uh, so kudos to the to the listeners who are better than I, because I would not have thrown that on there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, me, ne- me neither. I would have said something else.
0: You know, I, I, me personally, I would have said something like, "Oh, okay, pen, not so much. Mirror, yes. Flashlight, yes. Pockets sc- or a, cu- a set of screwdrivers, absolutely." Uh, I would have said probably something like, "I don't know, a dead blow hammer," or uh, yeah,
1: m- mine was going to be a Ford wrench. Yes, right. That's something what mine like, was going to be.
0: <laughs> you know, something, something like that's actually doing some type of physical action. You know. Uh, but I, it never dawned upon me to say pen. <laughs> and and uh, going uh, going a little bit to the uncomments, someone not just said pen, but they said either a really good pen or a box of cheap pens. And uh, that's freaking genius. So for yeah. those, So the reason why I think this person said a good pen or a bunch of cheap ones is because, well, it's... When you have just like a solid pen, like ones that can like write when they're wet, or you know, it just, uh, it never fails, or you can tell it, it takes a while for it to run out of ink, you kind of cling to this thing. It's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's part of you, I guess, like, you know, not to be all cliche and weird, but it's, it's like part of you. It's, it, it, It's one of your most go-to items, so to say, or you get a bunch of cheap ones because you know they break all the time and, or people have, uh, sticky hands and they tend to, they tend to take your pens when you're not looking or they don't either intentionally or unintentionally.
1: (laughs) So So sort of tying in with this a little bit. So one of my, uh, coworkers, um, he's, you know, been aviation his whole career, prior military and all that, but his specialty was weapons. Yes. He was a weapons troop, and if you ask him what what you should always have on your person, whether you're in the hangar or on the flight line, and his response every time is always a grease pen, <clears throat> and that's because that's what weapons troops use to mark uh, on the munitions and such. Gotcha. So, and you can write it'll it'll write in in any environment. Ooh, so good- his 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 go to answer every time is a grease pen.
0: That's a and good. to this day,
1: to this day, he always carries one on his person wherever he's at.
0: You know, that's a but good one too.
1: Beat into him
0: a grease pen. That's a damn good one. You know, you know now that I'm thinking about it, I never realized I used the grease pen. <laughs> you know, it was just one of those like it's expected of you to have it, right? Sure. Or, uh, or, uh, or at least for my time in service, it was always either a, some type of pen that that can write when it's wet, and. Uh, like a notepad, like a small pocket notepad that um that had like those hard to rip pages. Like it has to get Oh like, yeah, they were almost
1: waterproof. They were like tan in color. Yes. Yeah, I know what you're talking about.
0: You know, and they're like super thick or they're they're thick for paper, I would say. They're thick for paper, and, like they're super hard to rip. And you like have, they're the thickness of the
1: cover of the actual notebook.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I forget yeah. the na- I forget the names of, the, of that type of notebook, but those were cool. And it was almost expected of you to have it because, you know, that's for you to take notes, whatever those notes are, be it OJT notes or just general notes about the plane itself. That's kind of like your your mini study book for the most part. R-
1: right, part numbers and serial numbers on for paperwork. Uh, yes. oh, okay, I got to go order six screws and here's the part number, serial number, yeah, all, all, all types of stuff. Yes.
0: Uh, so here's uh, at least one of the non not so common stuff is a rechargeable headlamp.
1: You know what? Invaluable homie, because I can tell you, I can tell you my time on, and most of us on the flight line. uh, I still use it to this day. If I'm working at night know working night ops or whatever. Yep. That's a, that's a good answer. Not so common, but just like the pen, a way better answer than I was going to give. (laughs) <laughs> right? right, exactly. And
0: especially they stipulated a rechargeable headlamp. And I love the fact that they said that because I remember when headlamps first came out, it was like the bulky two AA batteries, right? Or uh, when uh, certain, when they started to get to the super bright LED headlamps and they had like those really small but super powerful batteries. Uh, I forget what the type of battery those were called, but they were like really. The one two
1: three batteries or 3 2 ones or whatever they were. I think that like that's the ones that go in surefires.
0: Yeah, that's it. Like they're either yeah. re- they're either really stubby or they're long, right? Um, and they're super bright. They're extremely bright. It's almost unusab- unusable. It's so bright, but they burn. They burn power super fast. And I used to hate those uh, when they first came out. Is because like those batteries, when they die out, it's expensive to get replacements. So when I guess uh, enough people complained and they figured out a way to make them rechargeable. And when those came about, oh, it was good as gold. Like one would last you a, a good minute. Like you'd really have to like trash this thing <laughs> before you had to replace it. And yeah, that's that's a good one. Definitely a rechargeable headlamp. Uh, multi-tool is another one. Like a Man, Leatherman. that was just going
1: to be my next comment because I was thinking about, I was going to say a Leatherman, but yeah, a multi-tool because... Uh, how many times do you get called out for like red ball? If you're not uh, prior military or whatever, then that's like, uh, it's, it's sitting, it, you've already pulled chocks, it's engine running, but they got a, a quick fault and you need, you need to go inspect real quick and you need to go and pop a panel. It's got those Zeus fasteners on right. Just quarter turns. You pop it open, do what you got to do, close it. And they're on their way. So you yep. don't have to lug a whole bag out there. You just, it's, it's, uh, hooked to your belt and you're on your way.
0: Yep. And, uh, this, and this one response about multi-tools, they also said, use a bright-colored pouch. Genius. <laughs> genius. And yeah. I could say, I could understand why. Because, you know, uh, most uh, multi-tools, they come in like those black pouches, right? Or like some type of camouflage pouches so it looks all tactical and stuff. But bright-colored ones is freaking genius because, for one, it's going to stand out. Right, you're gonna tell you're gonna be able to tell who's is who, based on the color, and then likewise say like if you have it hanging around somewhere, like you just left it on your toolbox or, uh, God forbid, like it falls out of your pocket or it unclips from your from your belt or something like that, it's gonna be pretty easy to see bright orange, in in the sea of dark, you know, or uh, wherever it is you dropped it or left it at.
1: Genius. Yeah, I, I I worked with a guy once who. uh Took pieces of like reflective tape, yep, and he would wrap you know he would wrap strips of it around the ends of the screwdriver. He would put them on the the handles of some of the tools or whatever else. So if you drop something, it's at nighttime and you're looking around with your headlamp or flashlight, it's it's gonna or you're up in the hell hole right and you drop something and you're looking around and chances you find it are even greater because that reflective that you know that white reflective tape like you see on the backs of uh, tr- semi trucks or whatever really really pops.
0: Yes. you know what? that's that's a good one because I've done that too uh I use more so red that's that stuff because like uh when when red shines a light like what the heck is that it looks like a pair of brake lights or where, or wherever you left it at so, mm-hmm. but definitely a good practice uh again you know if your area practice has these kind of things or allows you to do so some areas not so much but good good response man I love that uh here's another one is. Kadipix flat jaw pliers. No, Nipex.
1: Nipex. Hey, let, let me tell you. I bought a pair of Nipex uh, dikes when I saw one of my coworkers cut a quarter inch bolt. You know, an old bolt from like an engine uh, engine casing. Uh, yep. Cut one of those in half, and I said, "I'll spend the money for that." Right. <laughs> I bought so, a pair. Yeah. Yeah, kudos to whoever said that one. That's a that's an amazing tool.
0: So, fun fact, right? I, me, me, like you, and pretty much almost all of uh, mechanics in here in, in the U.S. We say Nipix, but the actual company that makes it calls it K Nipix. Like they pronounce the K in in Nipix.
1: No nah, way, Im- dude! You're you're messing with me right now.
0: I, I swear, right?
1: No, <laughs> no, color me impressed. So, so you're telling me that I have a potential to. Cut my knee with a knipex. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm telling you, that was my exact reaction. I was like, no way, it's nipix. Come on, nipix. And it specifically says knipex. I'm like, whatever. Okay, if that's what. If that's what. I think, you want, I think.
1: I think. I think. I think that's a joke they play on the websites, so and we're about to mess with everybody.
0: Probably. <laughs> Probably.
1: But hey, it got me right. So now, now,
0: now you have a. Uh, a good, you're probably gonna have a good swarm of people like, no, it's Nipix. The K is silent. Well, I
1: can nip- tell you what I'll be calling it, and that's uh, Nipix.
0: Nipix, right? Like that. That's just natural.
1: <laughs> you go into the shop and say, "Hey, can I borrow the Knipix out of your tool bag?" And your is gonna tell you no until you pronounce it right. Bro, <laughs> and you're like, oh, "I'm pronouncing <laughs> it right." No. no, no. This is this is murka. This <laughs> We say we say nippers.
0: <laughs> <Brr>. <laughs> uh, so uh, nitpicks flat jaw pliers, and then they also said uh, uh, nitpicks smooth parallel jaw pliers. I'm not sure if that's the same as flat jaw, uh, or if that person was talking about two different things. But yes, nip, nitpicks, fantastic stuff. Uh, both even even the long and short ones, especially the long ones. I love it, it. They kind of look like. Extremely long needle nose pliers, but they have, like, little flat jaws on the bottom. Freaking lifesavers. I love those things. Uh, let's see. Uh, another one here is safety wire pliers. Uh, definite yes.
1: Yep. Um, but, but reversible.
0: Yes. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to say ex- exactly that because, I mean... Uh, Having just the one way safety wire pliers, like the ones that you just lock in and you have to, you can only spin it one way. It's it's a good, it's good. It's a good flex that you can do in one direction and or do it by hand, which we recommend that you learn how to do because some areas you just can't fit safety wire pliers in, but having the ones that can have reversible direction is a game changer. I love those things. Uh, Not so much the little rubber things on the jaw. That, that's supposed to air quotes supposed to like hold the wire in place as you cut it not a big fan of those and and the main reason why i'm not is because they wear out pretty fast and once they wear out enough they fall out and now yeah. you're and um uh, some of these uh little rubber stops they're they're dark right like dark blue or or some other color that's very hard to see once it pops off like where the heck did this thing go now you're searching however long until you find these little rubber uh, jaw stopper things yeah but definitely like the reversible ones fantastic or the ones where you can go different directions love those things and have them in different sizes too and uh, yeah Uh, let's see a screw gun (laughs) I I think that kind of runs along the lines of a screwdriver set having a screw gun
1: electric ratchet I've said it before I'll never do another engine change without it yes
0: uh, it's, and on the line with the electric ratchet is uh, ratcheting screwdrivers, game changers. Oh Root. yeah, those are Root. nice. Love those things, and especially they have different bits because uh, not every aircraft has the same type of fasteners, and and this can actually vary from model to model, even though they're from the same maker. So you'll have some like, uh, from this time period to this time period, it was all flathead screwdrivers or flathead screws, and then from this time to this time, it was all phillips head screws and then i think the new hotness now are is torque bits or torx bits Mm -hmm. i I, I gotta admit man i'm not a fan of those (laughs) or uh uh,
1: that's all i use for woodworking i I won't use phillips or anything else really yeah it just there's a higher chance of you just stripping them out and uh and uh the torx bits are the way to go for me Uh, Gotcha.
0: Uh, I believe, uh, I think Alcoa fasteners use Torx bits too.
1: Um, what are the ones called? Uh, we always call them Nazi bits. Oh,
0: the ones they—they they, they,
1: they look like Phillips, but they're off—off off kilter just a little bit. Yeah, they look like the swastika or whatever.
0: You know what? I don't know the—I don't know the actual name today.
1: But I hate them screws. That's yes. where I'm getting that with it. I hate them sons of bitches. I've drilled out more of those than I care. I'm like, it's cursing the engineer the whole time. God, there's so many different choices you could (laughs) have (laughs) used. Yeah,
0: Uh, there's also the ones where they look like triangles. You know what I mean? It's just like a like a a triangle head screw. Like,
1: oh yeah, there's those. There's squares, um, and then different sizes, right? Number ones, twos, up to fours. Yes. Um, Here's something. Here's an uncommon thing that I'll say in the tool realm as well go buy a set of cheap wrenches and I'd say get yourself from nine sixteenths through a quarter, you know, a quarter, uh, and, and take them to your bench grinder and, and shave them. Yes. Shave them thin. And then on, uh, on the back side of the open box and, and then on the, on the, the shaft side of the open box and on the shaft side of the, of the box end, uh, round those in a little bit to where, um, I wish I, I wish I had a picture I could show you guys, but uh, basically make it real kind of thin in that area. And and why? Because there's so many of you know, but there's so many areas on, on these aircraft that to get in there, a, a normal wrench doesn't fit, or it does fit, but when you loosen the hardware up, now you can't get the hardware out because the hardware can't get out of the way, but your wrench is smashed up against the bulkhead or something. Yes. So oh shave them down, but then sometimes you can only get a quarter turn at a time well if you if you narrow out that right at the you know let's say at the base of the uh, box end, if you thin the handle right there just a little bit on both sides put put curves in it if you will now you can go from a quarter turn to a half turn and it just lessens the time that it takes to 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 get that that particular piece of hardware out of there um i, I can tell you like specifically on engines right i say use the electric ratchet uh but I also use a quarter inch uh I have a snap-on uh quarter inch on one end and five sixteenths on the other, and I shaved it down. I shaved it down, and because there's so many when you're pulling components off the engine, sometimes the, the shaved one the that, that, that distance between the case and the the head of the hardware is so thin. So sometimes your regular quarter inch doesn't work so a shaved one's the only thing you can fit in there and the good part about that is is that snap-on because they don't actually make that tool so you know how if you if you shave it down oftentimes they'll say well you modified the tool and it broke uh we're not going to warranty it because you modified it outside of its original spec well i did break one once and i went back and i said hey you know and they said well you modified it but because snap-on doesn't make it and you needed this specifically to do your job, they warranty it. Wow! So little tip, little tip for some of you out there: if they don't make it, Snap On's pretty good. They're expensive, but they're pretty good about honoring that warranty. Because if you had to modify a tool to do the job, because they didn't make one specifically tailored to that job, then oftentimes your rep will will replace that uh, tool
0: nice that's a good tip you hear that everybody that is definitely a good tip i did not know that i thought we just modified it and just kind of like accepted it as a as a cost risk you know like well if you broke it then it's going to cost more to replace it because it's not under warranty then we got to modify it to the same spec how you however you had it well and not to the point where it's going to break again or break as easily or whatever That def- that's a good point yep. uh let's see another one here they said uh Kind of along the lines of a grease pen is a permanent marker, uh, and I can see this for uh, sheet metal. Um, yeah, I can definitely see this for sheet metal because I've have actually had to do a whole lot of stuff um, uh, with permanent markers and sheet metal. Uh, another one is duct tape, <laughs> and I think this is more along the lines of like seats, <laughs> you know, or you know, like those. Um, uh, not necessary for flight equipment. Like like I said, seats or uh, throttle grips, or uh, if you just need like a just need it to be f- air quotes fixed enough to fly. Like it's not essential for it to be there, but it's just to kind of hodgepodge it together, kind of like a an eating tray. No no one mm-hmm. care no one really cares about an eating tray. Uh, another good one uh, that I see a lot. This is kind of going to the end the not. Not flight essential is a uh, crazy glue. <laughs> I have definitely used crazy glue in a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> uh, I can or- tell you, I,
1: I've I've put crazy glue. Like I'll put a rubber glove on, and I'll put I'll put crazy glue on my finger, and then I'll attach the hardware to my finger, especially washers and nuts. Yep. To reach up in, so it holds it in place as I'm reaching up into this blind spot and feeling where I'm trying to put it on. Um. I've used glue. I've used crazy glue for that, and it's just uh, just enough where once you get it on the hardware, you can you can kind of snap your finger to the side and it'll break that seal. Yep. Uh, between like the washer and your glove or whatever, but it it helps.
0: <laughs> yeah, it definitely does help. I mean, and you'll be amazed. Like uh, super glue will fix a lot of stuff. Majority of it is not flight essential, or you know, it's like little tricks like to not drop washers down an ECS bay and stuff like that. But it's. It's more essential than you think, you know, like, and
1: yeah, you're not JB. Yeah. You're not JB welding the engine, engine mount crack. You know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah, no, no, no. uh, (laughs) Same ways with the, with the duct tape, you know, like, or in some cases, blade tape, it's just meant to kind of like smooth over like gaps. It's not meant to actually hold it together. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, Oh,
1: you know what? I got one more to add. Sorry to cut you off. One more kind of an off, off the wall one, uh, nail polish.
0: Ooh, tell me more Nail polish.
1: <laughs> so, uh, I carried a, I can't remember the color of blue, but I had a blue, a red, a white, a gray, and a black. And, and sometimes when you're popping panels off or whatever, and the paint in the, in the, uh, on the hardware chips off or right around like the, the fastener hole on the panel or whatever like that. And if you're on like a private jet, specifically if you're working around where the customer might see some of that stuff, you don't want it to look all chipped and beat up. So when you're done with your work, you just take your nail polish out and do a little touch up. So, you know, uh, it looks good from afar, but far from good kind of thing. <laughs> um, uh, that's, that's what I did. Um, you know, learn that from some senior guys above me, whether that's right or wrong. I think we all probably know the, the real answer, but, uh, it worked and it, it, it's a kind of a good way to polish off a job that you're doing, especially if it's uh, got visibility to, to high paying, uh, customers. Um, you know, they're paying a lot of money. They don't want to, they don't want their uh, private jet to look like some hoopty. So, um, this is it's a, true. It's a good way to just, to just do a little touch-ups. I'm not saying, I'm not saying paint, paint a whole panel with it, <laughs> but just little touch-ups where, you, where your tools chip the paint out of it into the hardware or something like that, or right around the edges. Very small, very small touch, touch-up work.
0: You know, that's a very good idea. And that actually, that's a corrosion preventative too, because it's, yes. it's, uh, it's uh, what do you call it, uh, water or hydrophobic, right? Mm-hmm. And it takes something like acetone, for instance, to really wash it off. I mean, but if you're dealing with acetone, you're gonna wash off more than paint pol- nail polish, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yep. Uh yep. so uh fine to round us off for the tool side of the question, uh, I think this is more of a joke. Maybe this person like uh had a really rough shift. <laughs> he says, uh, or I, I'm assuming it's a he, okay. I'm sorry, if you're not. Uh Strong coffee and the will to live.
1: <laughs> oh well, I mean, oh well, I mean, I mean if, we would wanna, if we just want to, if we just want to hit it on the nose, you know.
0: <laughs> Strong coffee and the
1: will to Strong live. Strong coffee and the will to live. That's where. That's how I live my life, sir or madam.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that can, that kind of reminds me of a, a previous episode we mentioned, uh, where we said, uh, uh, "What's it? Broken, desperate." right <laughs> on a resume yeah yeah <laughs>
1: like, what, made well, you a, what makes you a good fit for this job uh, I'm broken desperate fair yeah no- like f- fair enough <laughs>
0: fair
1: enough <laughs> strong coffee in the world live that's yeah. hysterical
0: yes that i don't i don't think that's more a tool i think that's like a life essential you know what i mean like uh safety of maintenance kind of thing
1: <laughs> uh, no maybe not safety of maintenance i think it's more of safety of uh safety of those you interact with. Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, whatever it is, uh, I, don't, I can't, I can't, but that's, that's pretty good. I, I like that one. Uh, okay. So the next question we ask is, uh, it's kind of along the lines of that comedy part is why is control mad at you? <laughs> oh, I could tell you many things.
1: Uh, yeah, let's see. Why is control mad at you? We don't have, yeah. we don't have enough time to record that episode length. <laughs> why uh, controls mad at you. Right, so
0: I'll I'll break it down. I'll, I'll go to just like the least common ones, uh, or at least the most common, like most common, and then maybe one or two uh, least common. Uh, you're taking forever for an inspection. They just told you about five minutes ago. Ooh.
1: <laughs> I laugh because it's true.
0: <laughs> it is true. Uh, you know, like well, what's that one uh, Samuel Jackson me where he goes TikTok? <laughs> Oh yeah, yes, and and, that, and then
1: the other Samuel L. Jackson. You ever seen that movie Black Snake Moan, where he's just standing on the porch, yes. staring all crazy like? <laughs> so when you look at control, and they're just looking at you like, are you are you done with that inspection yet?
0: Yeah, <laughs> this is hundred percent true, and uh, in in controls defense because uh, MVP and I have done maintenance control and maintenance chief ish, director of maintenance, maintenance chief, same same. It when You will, you will have like, you have a set timeline that you have to hit before everything is just done. So, and then you also kind of have to factor in like how long it takes for the technicians to get everything good and ready before they can actually do the job. And, and some lollygag a little more than others. That's putting it nicely, you know, like, uh. They, they they don't see what the whole picture is. They just see the task at, in, in front of their face. Like, go do this. Yeah. Okay, whatever. You know, just take my sweet time to do it because, you know, what, whatever, right? They're disgruntled about life. They, they've they had enough with whatever they're doing for the day or whatever. So some take a little longer than others and not, not in a proficiency kind of way. They just kind of lollygag their way through. So in control's defense, you know, that's kind of the cracking the whip. Like, hey, get this done. We need this to happen. This is a priority. On the flip side of that, you will have some controllers who have no sense of time whatsoever. And they'll push things without knowing how long it actually takes. <laughs> you know, when I, right. When right I,
1: or everything's priority number one.
0: Yes. Yes. Like, do this engine change. You got 30 minutes. It's gonna take me thirty minutes just to take the panels off,
1: <laughs> you know. Yeah, or, that's assuming I don't strip a screw in the process.
0: Yeah, right. Or it's gonna take thirty minutes for the support equipment to get down here. Whatever the case may be, right? It's an engine change does not take thirty minutes unless it's like one of those super small planes where like it's it's a lot easier for me to strip paint off the hood of a Camaro than it is to take this engine out. <laughs> so that that's a good one. Take five minutes. Um, second one that's common is they told you to cannibalize apart from a plane to go on a broken plane. The new part comes in and they tell you to install the new one into the, into the broken plane. I, I feel like this person's stalking me, man, because <laughs> I've had to do this many times. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So
1: what they do is, okay. Uh, Uh, okay. We're gonna put this out of the can, bird. We're gonna take this part and we're gonna stuff it into the next day flyer that's currently broke. Uh, we're gonna do that just in case that new part doesn't doesn't arrive though. Even though we've got multiple confirmations saying it'll be here with well enough time to install and ops check and whatever else, but we're not gonna take the risk. So we're just gonna make sure the bird's good now, and then if the part happens to show up, then we're gonna go back and. Do that all over again. You're going right. to take the part out, the, the part that you just put in out, put the new part in, ops check it. Once that one's good, then you're going to go restall the other one back on the camber.
0: You know, uh, I'm not going to lie. MVP, I half expect you to sing the, put your one foot in, put your left foot out and shake it about.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it's essentially what it is. It's a, uh, it's the hanger hokey pokey. You it know? is.
0: It is. <laughs> it, it really is. Um, for so for the unversed, whenever you cannibalize a part, it's te- You're technically what's going on is you have a broken plane, and logistically, you're saying, "Hey, this part we needs to be replaced," and so you create some kind of su- a supply demand for this broken part, and you're temporarily, air quotes, temporarily, filling it in with a part that you that you cannibalize from a different plane. Now, in in a perfectly logistic world that supply demand you just created for the broken plane gets shifted over to the part to the plane you just stole from or cannibalized from and you're going to supposed to take that cannibalized part and stick it into the broken one and that tent now belongs to the broken one or the supposedly broken one (laughs) and then when the new part comes in you're supposed to stick it into the plane you robbed it from does that happen? No, <laughs> and, and the and the reason why is because a b- broken plane should get shiny new part. That's just how it is, right? Like, why would you? We're only using the used the old used one because supposedly this part's gonna take forever and a day to come in as MVP said. Long story short, on that one, it it becomes a uh, a point of frustration whenever uh, maintenance control or operation control says to swap parts after you've already fully installed it. It gets it gets really annoying really fast. Okay, uh, moving on from that one. Uh, avionics standard time. I, I feel like this is kind of like an. In, I, I kind of feel like this is an inside joke, you know? <laughs> avionics standard time. So that's hysterical. So I would assume, okay, because this is just based off of my experiences, I would assume they they mean that avionics takes forever.
1: <laughs> that's exactly right. where my head went with it. Right,
0: I mean, just kind of like you know, like uh, uh, like you tell you tell family members to show up at nine, knowing full will they're gonna show up late, so you tell them it's gonna be earlier, so they show up air quotes late, but they actually showed up on time.
1: <laughs> right, I,
0: th- I think that kind of goes back to the whole maintenance control thing where tell we're telling you about an inspection that just happened five minutes ago, <laughs> and that kind of does happen. You you run into those motions where you'll have uh, technicians, whether it be avionics or whatever. It feels like they're taking forever. Or they say, oh, we're almost done. We're signing it off. And it's like two hours later. Like, what the hell? I thought you said you were just signing it off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they'll come up with some kind of excuse or whatever. <laughs> when in all actuality, they probably didn't start the job because they know it's it's nothing that big of a deal. Or they bit off more. they can, They can chew and didn't realize how long it was actually going to take kind of thing. I think that's what that person was, was going with the avionic standard time. I, I would assume. I'm, I'm gonna
1: start using that. That's very funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> avionic standard time. <laughs> is that time, what, time,
1: what time are we meeting up today? Uh yeah. 8 p.m. Oh is that uh Pacific Standard Time or Avionic Standard Time? What are we uh what are we doing here? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: okay, uh last one for the maintenance control one is uh, what do you mean my plane is down? Uh, okay. Uh, From a maintenance control standpoint, I can understand this because from a maintenance control, we say, hey, or or we get told like, hey, I'm just going to go do a conditional check on this or something like that. Right? Like some quick and simple kick the tires, put, put some gas in it kind of thing. And then next thing you know, like the engine's coming off like, whoa, time out. What are you doing?
1: (laughs) Yeah, or uh, here's one that uh, Six and I experienced a lot. Hey, uh, yeah, th- go ahead and uh, NMC that, that aircraft. Why it landed? It's flying again tomorrow. It landed three hours ago, and it landed. It landed. Uh, you know, green FMC. Uh, we were just doing a post flight, and uh, then going to fuel it and turn for to prep it for tomorrow. Yeah, uh well, the one supervisor for our shop decided that they wanted to conduct some experiments and testing for another thing and they decided to use this one and in that process we broke this. And then that's where you're like, that's why that's why control's mad, because control's like, no, we didn't say we were going to use that bird. We didn't test. Why are you going AWOL over here, Mr. Supervisor, and doing your own bullshit without running it through us first That's that's why. From the control side, I can tell you that's why we were mad. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I think that's where I think that's where it was going with it, right? Like, what do you mean my plane's down? And MVP hit the nail on the head. There's from a control standpoint, there's many a times where like a lot of things happen without your knowing, and some people they they know that in some cases you won't ask, or it takes a while for you to ask, so they'll try to bamboozle some some stuff in there whatever it may be like don't just say hey we're hey we're gonna use this as a trainer yeah. or like a training uh exercise or something like that like why right why, yeah we don't use a
1: live asset for that's on the flight schedule for training yeah jackass you yeah know? exactly <laughs> so it really just what, comes down to poor communication and people just deviating from the plan and thinking they can do whatever they want and then when shit goes broke they're like oh i don't know
0: yeah. Uh, figure yeah. it out.
1: Just go talk to the customer and figure out what other plane they want to use. And you're like, bitch, we they said this one because it has a specific, specific package and payload on it that they're testing. And you yeah. chose to go break like like yo. Know, yeah. Murder. Murder.
0: Yes. murder. <laughs> See, seeing red already? <laughs> or or like I don't know. It, uh, it it was broke when I showed up. Like, okay. Okay. You just so happen to notice that this part here was stripped out. Weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, weird. Weird how you just happen to look at it. Yeah. You know, stripped out. And then you and then you start noticing if you ever spend any time in the control, they they it's always the same person that comes in. Hey, so I got another. Yeah, what's broke this time? Matter of fact, why is it always you? Why is it always <laughs> you that comes comes in here and tells me this? Are you the one breaking it? Oh no, they, they just tell me to come in and break every time, homie. Like we have a guy we deal with now, and every time a lost tool report comes in. We, we can all safely bet we know whose name's going to be on that, that report. <laughs> like always, you. Oh, and it fell down. Like there's grates in the floor, right, for ventilation systems and shit. Yeah. Oh, I lost the tool, but it went down the grate. Weird how you're the only only mother. You could be on the other side of the planet and you'd see that bitch fall through the grate. Like sorry for cursing <laughs> everybody, but that's holy cow. <laughs>
0: oh man i'm trying not to i'm trying with my so hard not to cackle right now
1: but <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the that's you know uh a lot of you probably probably are cursing us like well come on man take the side of the maintainers and i i do us because there are some maintainers who are like look man i'm doing my best you, you gave me zero warning i'm i am working in expedition expedition expedited, geez, expedited, uh, pace here. I'm doing it. But, uh, in many of the cases, it's the last couple of scenarios we gave where, where it's just like, get out. You see them <laughs> walk into your office, they walk in like, Hey, control. And you're like, just leave, go away. Send me an email. I don't even want to talk to you.
0: Right. Just send it through, send it through on the facts, man. I don't care. <laughs> uh, <laughs> man. That was a good one. That got my blood pressure going. Um, so next, next one is what is the worst job to do on a plane? Uh, I'm gonna start with the least common ones and I'll go to the absolute most common because it was like probably like eight tenths 80 percent of the answers uh anything with fuel or grease that that definitely does suck I think it yeah. mostly depends where right like if it's a fuel drain port meh, no big d but if it's inside a fuel cell all oh, we got problems
1: <laughs> yeah or it's uh, a design where you have to drain drain certain aspects of the of that system and it's over your head in a precarious place where a bucket doesn't just doesn't really fit in there. Right. So you're just doing your damnedest with rags and a bucket at a very steep angle, trying to catch as much as you can. Yes. Yes. Oh, and it's also windy and you're outside (laughs) and, uh,
0: and it's spraying all over your leg. (laughs) Spraying all over the place. Yeah. Yes. That was me. Exactly. (laughs) I feel like you're stalking me, man. <laughs> uh, I think it's uh, just we've
1: we've lived the same life,
0: right? Uh, second one uh, on comment is sky anything anything.
1: Uh, yes,
0: yes. Sky sky man. For for all its benefits of being flame resistant and all that, everything else about it sucks.
1: <laughs> uh, not, let me not, tell you. Let me tell you. As good as you think you washed your hands, you didn't.
0: Yes, and. Uh, even more so if you, I believe it's hot water, right? If it's hot water, that agitates it more. Uh, when you wash your hands, yeah, I believe yeah. it's hot. I believe it's hot water. Anyways, yeah, Skydrum, anything definitely, it does suck. Uh, especially if it gets anywhere of and around your face, uh, it hits it, different. <laughs> it de- it's definitely spicy. I'll say that much.
1: <laughs> yeah, you you always figure it out when you go to the restroom. Like, oh, I went to the restroom wash washed my hands, then, then went to use the restroom and, uh, now that I'm washing my hands a second time, uh I'm squirming around like I got ants in my pants because it, it burns.
0: Yes. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Uh okay, so uh they're all more or less the same thing, like uh fuel drain, uh fuel drain this, fuel valve that, uh sky uh hydraulic this. The number one, which is what I mentioned earlier, the 80%, is ATA 38. And for those who don't know what ATA 38 is, that is waste, <laughs> waste wastewater, basically your lav, right? Lav systems. Yuck. Yep. Yep. Uh yuck to I, the max. I, I could I could smell the the all kinds of like uh, horrible dude, diseases.
1: <laughs> dude, when you'd have to go fix like the flush switch on some of these toilets or or change out certain components and you're up inside, right? You're not even just draining out the system or replacing a line in the system. Uh, and you're the way you have to get down in there and move your hands around and your face is almost resting on the rim of the toilet and you're just like, you're, you're doing your best to like, I, I'm, I'm making the motion right now as I'm telling this. I, I'm, I'm contorting myself in the positions that I've been in and you're doing everything you can to ensure that your face does not touch the edge of that. But as you keep reaching further and further, you can feel yourself getting close. And I, I can tell you, I would always, I always make sure I'd scrap cardboard in the back of the van and I would just wrap it over top of the toilet or lay it on top. So my face, I could rest my face on that versus the, Oh, oh
0: yeah. yuck. Yes. Yeah. And, and some ATA jobs, uh, depending on what type of airlines you have, especially commercial ones, you will find some serious messes just off the wall. Uh, pe- like,
1: people are gross, dude. Yeah, it's people like, are gross. Like,
0: why? Right? Like, it, it, it looks almost like a, a very run-down gas station bathroom. You know what I mean? Like, they tried, they made every attempt to, sh- to poop and pee everywhere but the toilet. Right?
1: Yeah, you it's know, like, like people went and had a... <laughs> A large meal of the spiciest Indian food they could find, did 25 jumping jacks, downed uh milk that lukewarm milk that had been sitting in the sun for a while, and then uh and then got on a plane. It's just horrendous, yeah, horrendous,
0: yeah, it's it's disgusting, man, and so. I can understand why that is like by far the worst job because dealing with like aircraft waste is one thing, but dealing with human waste.
1: Yeah. Well, I, dude, I can... because people, people have are disease carriers. Yeah. I think I told this story in one of our earliest, earliest uh, episodes, but I worked with a guy, uh, a Filipino guy. And uh, he said back when he was, before he came to the States when he was working uh, was in Manila and he was working for Philippine airlines and his one supervisor, they had in one of the, like they had a, a clog or something in up in the tank. So they popped the top of the tank and they couldn't get the clog. And his his, finally his lead came up there and just took a screwdriver in his arm and just jammed it into the tank, full tank without any rubber gloves or anything. And he knew how to fix it. And he just popped it open or whatever else. That guy ended up dying of hepatitis C or something like that oh. that he contracted from God knows whoever was flying on that that plane and voided themselves into that tank. And he decided to not take the necessary per sa- safety precautions and contracted a disease. And when he told me that story, I, I'm not going to lie to everybody. You, want, you know what kind of a POS mechanic I, I was at some points? Anytime a work order came through the lab, I would just say, Oh, I didn't have time to get to it. And I <laughs> just leave it on MEL. <laughs> I, <just didn't, laughs> I mean, I just didn't give a sh- Literally, just didn't give a shit. You know, like, Yeah, I, I, I don't blame. I, 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 I just would avoid it depending I, on what the work order was. If it was changing a switch here and there, okay. Or if it was like something where I'm not, I, I, I know for a fact I'm not going to get sprayed and covered or whatever else then sure but if it's like hey there's a clog in the line look like that motherfucker's staying clogged homie i ain't i ain't doing it
0: put some yellow tape on the on the on the lab i don't Tell care the pilots on the
1: next flight uh to ferry uh, to home station and put on parachutes and an abandoned ship halfway through put that let <laughs> that thing just auger into the mountainside you know write it off
0: <laughs> it is so true man and I do remember you mentioning that uh, so much so we actually made a comic about one epi- about an episode of uh, of fixing a lav yeah it sucks man like uh, 100% agree ATA 38 terrible absolutely terrible the worst job in aviation absolutely uh, okay so final question and we can wrap this up. And we can round this all off uh, what is the best way to study for your a exams uh, I believe you and I covered this many a times and we'll actually we'll, pro- well,
1: well sorry to cut you off but I think this answer is going to change a little bit from the conversation you and I had the other day about one of our listeners and them them studying so so when I went through it was the a what was it six it was the a, P, a, 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 a it was same? computer computer based. Um, they had books that came with it for your general airframe power plant. But then there was a computer program that came, and we would just you would just go through and do repetition uh, tests. I would do multiple tests for each one every day, just memorizing answers, memorizing answers. Our our instructors told us to do that, and we would go through and you and for for months. I would just you know study the books, take practice exams, and I would do it over and over and over. And and so when it came to the test time, it was just ingrained in you. For the for the for the written's for the practicals, obviously you just do it on the spot, but uh, I think talking with one of our listeners, he said they're they're getting away from that, and it's more of, they have to read uh, something. What were you, what were you oh, saying there, Six? Uh, the
0: 8083, I believe it's, I, th- I believe that's oh, the yeah. actual manual. Yep. Uh, so, we, that actually was, that's actually a good one. We might actually do an episode on that separately, um, just to kind of really explore a little bit more about what that is. Uh, but as far as like the audience say, they say stuff like uh, study groups, That definitely helps. If you are a group study type person, Uh, me personally, I am not. Uh, Yeah, same. Like, uh, if it's more than two people, like uh, two people is my limit, like myself included, so maybe one other person. Uh, If it's more than two, it, it stops becoming a study group and starts becoming more like a social hour kind of thing right? Like, oh, yep. we'll, we'll we'll study after we kill this pizza or we'll study after we finish this pint or something like that, right? Then next thing you know, we do zero studying and we're just partying, you know? Uh, that's more or less what it turns into. Uh, the second one, they say not Reddit. <laughs> and I'll, 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 I'll say to Reddit's credit that there's a bunch of questions that are uncommonly asked and it uncommonly answered. Uh, but for the most part, uh, Reddit does have its uh, does have its problems, and more so. And the reason why I say more so problems is because c- you'll have a lot of individuals who would just uh, use their salty comments more than anything. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: or you just get trolls in there, and they just put random answers just to throw you off, you know. Where-
0: Right, so you'll get your answer on Reddit. Is you're gonna have to dig a little bit. That's the, that's what I'm saying.
1: Well, unfortunately, on Reddit, you almost have to know what you're looking for to cipher through the BS.
0: Yes, that's you true. know, if
1: you're going in totally blind and you and you have a genuine question because you don't know, probably not the best place to go because because you'll try to sift through the BS. But if you're not, there's some people who are really good at delivering BS, like it's true. Yes, and uh, and that's where I'm getting at with the troll thing. So. Um, Probably not the best place to go. You almost have to have, again, like I said, some some type of rudimentary understanding right. of what it is you're looking for.
0: Exactly. Uh, this one actually might sound helpful, is uh, make flashcards. Uh, I would say yes, and I think this is more helpful towards your OMPs, like your oral and practical exams, mm-hmm. because uh, you can make flashcards all, uh, all you want for written, but you're going to have a... <sighs> A fuckload of, uh, of index cards, and yeah, I think
1: maybe for the oral practice, that's where the group setting comes in. Maybe it's better that way. Right. You're getting somebody reading it to you, and you have to answer. And um, you know, you could always say, "Oh, can you elaborate on that one a little bit?" Because you're you're right there on it, but you just didn't get all the words that they're looking for. Um, right. right, So it's, it's a good way.
0: And and it, and it, it study groups can help if you kind of gamify it some way. That, that might be an extra help with with the flashcards. Uh, the second another one is uh, uh, prepware. Uh, I think we talked about that just a second ago. Prepware. I think it's ASA is the other one, or Dauntless. I believe is what they use nowadays. Is Dauntless. Uh, as MVP said, like uh, these study guides or these uh, uh, these electronic uh, books, they're great. They're they're good stuff, but it, it's only gonna ballpark you so much. Uh, as we mentioned before, a previous listener met, uh, mentioned that they're starting to move away from using the study guides. They want you to be able to understand the concept more than just studying answers. And this kind of right, they in. want you to
1: know the subject versus just memorizing it for the exam. And, and I'll tell you, you know, when I went through it, that's that's exactly what what we did. We that prepware was all mock tests and repetition and and uh, ingraining answers in your head because there was only so many questions that the exam had and it would be random every time, but you did enough tests. You would get through all the questions multiple times. So again, right. you would just, you just get good with it. Right.
0: And, uh, the pe- and also with the exam itself, you know, like, uh, some, uh, exams, right. I don't know if they changed it, but they'll have like certain sections, like this percentage of your test is going to consist of this subject. This percentage of the test is gonna be of this subject, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, like, if you if you did enough, you eventually have covered the whole gamut of what could possibly be on the exam, as MVP said, and you'll eventually just pass it. Uh, but this kind of goes into the fi- last answer, and I believe this is the same listener that told us about it: is study the books, <laughs> right, uh, or study the source material, which is one hundred percent true all the time, every time. Whatever the exam is or regardless if it's the AMP or not, if you're studying the source material that the tests are being pulled from, you can't go wrong. Uh, granted that the 83 and all other AMT handbooks, they're pretty thick and they're dense. And some of it has a, a lot of information. But if you can get savvy with this or at least know how to take good notes and kind of summarize a good chunk of it or at least summarize the concept. That you're in good shape. And I believe that's like a good one to kind of leave off with that one because we could actually, we will have a whole other episode just off of this topic alone, <laughs> which will which we most likely will do in the future. Uh, These were all great. I, I love what, this kind of feedback. I love hearing this because this actually, it, it's, it sparks core memories within ourselves because some of these events may have been a while, as you guys have heard throughout the episode. And some of this stuff, like it's, it's something we've done naturally, and we just never really thought about it, like pens <laughs> or or rechargeable headlamps. So, it, it it's great hearing back from you guys for what, um, just a answering the question and b giving us feedback that can actually be useful for people later down the road, or maybe you know like uh, someone just came fresh out of AMT school and they're looking to buy their first toolbox and they're not sure how much to blow. Uh, some will just go ham and buy the full $30,000 aircraft carrier size toolbox yeah. and just say, I,
1: I can't recommend enough to not do that.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, some, and I've also heard some people, they say buy the thing, right? But don't try to fill it right away. Just kind of buy the thing and just get the bare essentials and eventually you'll fill it up. I I I can't say if that's good or bad. It really just depends on your outfit. Like if, if you're working for mostly AOG, you might not want to carry that giant toolbox around or you may not even see it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I can tell you, I worked out of a 50 pound Pelican case for years. Right. You know, or, and, and could do damn near, damn near any job. Now to tie in with what six is saying, I think it depends on what you're doing. If you're sheet metal fab and that's what you're doing is doing artwork all day. Cause that's what it is to me. Um, and I don't mean that you know degrading wise. I mean that's it's literal artwork to watch people who are skilled in composites or sheet metal create things out of nothing essentially or out of raw material. But you're going to have more tools because you're going to have I, just drill bits galore, clecos, uh, reamers, uh, step drill. You're going to just have so much crap. So uh, air drills and and. Backups of each, so you're not having to swap bits between between one, one air drill, you know. It's just and then you're going to have the short bits right for your 90 degrees uh air drills. It's sorry, I was spiraling here, but
0: no, but you're absolutely right, you know. Like it, it really just depends on what you're doing and what your outfit is. Because if you're somewhere like a depot repair where you're doing sheet metal and composite, you're going to need a huge, you need a pretty decent sized toolbox, but if you're like what MVP and I've done where we've done AOG stuff or you're mostly life on the, on the flight line itself. I mean, uh, what's it like the, the roll away Pelican case is probably the most you'll ever need for the most part. I mean, and then any other special tooling you'll, you'll know in advance. So you'll know how and when to get it. And that's really it. Um, we love, we love hearing this feedback though. And this is all very great stuff. We appreciate everyone for sending us this info. (laughs) Um, and I think, uh, yeah, that's, this is all pretty good stuff, man. And it really uh, sparked some core memories here about some of the stuff that we probably just either don't recall doing because it was so automatic or it's new, new tool, new item on the bucket list. (laughs) Uh, any final thoughts or, or words for anything so far, MVP?
1: I hope you all just keep giving us feedback like this. I think we'll try to come up with some more questions, throw it out on the socials, and uh, get your responses because I, I do I do enjoy these kind of episodes and uh, and hearing you know everyone's uh, own opinions and thoughts on, on what their experiences are and then playing into those. So a lot of fun for me. Uh, uh, I'd like to keep that going.
0: Most definitely. But hey, let us know what you guys think. Like what sort of stuff uh, as you're hearing it sparks some core memories for you, stuff that you feel everyone else should know about, what sort of tools they should carry, what some of the worst jobs, why is control mad at you, <laughs> how to study for your A- AP exams, stuff like that. Let us know in the comments. Let us know on our social media outlets, our website, our email, the absolute best way to get in touch with us and have these kind of conversations. So, or we could have these conversations with you is uh on our discord channel via patreon we have all sorts of stuff like this we get challenges and questions and whatnot on the daily just with our regular uh, patrons that are on discord so if you want to continue that please support us that way and then we can continue this stuff on and whatever else that's valuable we can pass it on to the masses so we're not all having to repeat the cycle the struggle cycle over and over and over <laughs> uh On that note, hey, we appreciate you all for listening. I will see you all on the next one. Have a good one, everybody. Bye, everyone. We would like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to make episodes, maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners. With special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Eric Shaw, Dan Schubert, Ryan Frushauer, Kyle Keir, Mike Sherwood, Caleb Stockhill, and Jennifer Brofer. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. If you like our show, please support us on Patreon. You'll receive awesome perks like access to our private Discord, discounts and early access to our merch, first glimpse of our comics and other projects, and so much more. You can further support us and show off your prowess as an aircraft specialist by visiting our shop at cancelformainness.com. If you like classy or rugged watches, visit our affiliate Rockwell Time at rockwelltime.com. Use the code CX the number 4MX, to save 10% off your total order. If you have suggestions for the show or you'd like to be a guest on the show, send us a line on our contact us section at cancelformainance.com and we'll do what we can to get both your ideas and yourself on the show. Please support us on social media like Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at C-A-N-X for Maintenance Podcast, or Twitter at C-X-M-X Podcast. Please check out our new comic series on the Tapas app. Like, share, subscribe, and comment on our comics. Let us know what you think. Thank you all so much for your support and listenership, and we will catch you all next time.